with Adrianosaurus we're talking the NRL finals it's the grand final all done and dusted why am I recording a podcast the missus who's not a huge rugby league fan let's be honest she does come to some Raiders games usually if it's in the expensive seats or the corporate box but she's not a huge fan she's like what the hell are you recording a podcast for the season's over well I like to tie a bow around it um the final series the Penrith Panthers Got the chocolates 28 to 12 over the uh, Parramatta Eels. Um, I wanted to go through the game and where it was won and lost and how I saw the game. I'll do a little bit of a prediction of next year's ladder from this far out. That's a huge um, call, I know. But I like to do that in my last podcast of the year. I'll have a little look at um, the World Cup squads and who I sort of fancy um, for the World Cup this year. Um, And we'll just tie off the season as it was. Look, the Penrith Panthers, what a supreme team. 28-12. And it never looked in doubt, basically. Two in a row for them. Um, let's talk about their legacy. Is is this the greatest modern team we've seen? They're certainly in the conversation. Um, if they go and win it again next year, I think it's unequivocally they are. Look, I'm a Raiders fan. I think that team of the late 80s, early 90s Raiders team was the greatest team I've seen. Um, in the modern era. Um, but, you know, um, they're on the wagon, <laughs> definitely. And they're in the in the conversation now as one of the greatest teams. Three grand finals in a row, two in a row. Such a hard thing to do in this day and age. Um, and they've got to be right up there again next year. I think they're one hell of a team, one hell of an organization. They've got all the lower divisions um, won it as well, and they're really in good stead to be a successful team for a long We might not even have to discuss it after next year. If they do a three-peat in this modern era, they're the greatest team we've had in the modern era, I have no doubt. So an amazing win for them. Why did they win? Um, I think they were fit as a fiddle. I mean, I went through and scored the players last night. I really only had two players that were below a seven in their entire lineup. When I was talking last week about how the Eels win it, it was like, look, 15 of 17 out of their players are generally excellent seven and above. And that was proven to be true. If the Eels want to challenge them, they need 15 of their 17 to be seven and a half or better. Well, they only had five players above five, the Eels, and that's just not good enough. Um, They're such a good team, the Penrith Panthers, that other teams have to be at their absolute best just to go with uh, the average game that you get from the Penrith Panthers, which is all above sevens. Um, They're such a well-drilled team. They absolutely thunder their way up the field. And, you know, Dylan Edwards, he just runs it back with such gusto. They're 40 metres out on the first tackle, some of the most, you know, sets of six. And the forwards just run and bump them up the field hugely. Um, they go 70 metres every set. It's no team can go with them. They just look a class above um, any other team, you know, week to week. Um, and it would have taken the game of their lives from the Eels. I think the Eels, why did they lose? Um, look, there's a couple of things that I could probably pinpoint as to why the Eels lost. They had a harder run to the grand final. Um, we saw the Penrith Panthers do that successfully last year, but let's have a look at the um, Panthers. We're calling them um, legacy-wise, maybe the, one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest team in the modern era. Well, they didn't get the 
first one. They got to the big dance and, you know, lost it. And then they learned from that and got into the next two and won them. Um, I think for the Eels, they haven't even been in a prelim for such a long time. They got to the big dance. And I think that they probably just um, wore themselves out a little bit too much. They're at that stage, the Penrith Panthers were at, where they just needed this experience on this big, big stage. I don't even know, actually, with the troops that they're going to lose, that the Eels are going to have a chance of getting back there very easily. It, it could happen. But I just think, um, look, they they did not... Um, they went the hard road. They lost that first week, had some hard games in the lead-up to it. They haven't had a lot of experience in the big, big games. And I think that, that they probably just ran out of steam. Um, the props flopped. They were terrible. And that meant that the halves flopped. Um, those are big problems. We said that Brown and Moses needed to have the game of their lives. The only way that they could do that is if, you know, um, Leota and JFH are uh, excellent props. You know, um, JFH is probably elite. But Paulo and RCG, RCG's on the plane over for the World Cup. Um, you cannot get um, low, low scores out of those props. And they flopped big time in this game. There was no platform for the Eels. Um, I saw that game um, start really well. I was messaging people in the chats going, this is a ripping start with the Eels. As soon as the 13-minute mark hit, I saw them um, stop putting pressure on Cleary's kicking game. They were dropping off tackles. Um, They started to fade after 13 minutes. To me, that just um, showed that they just ran out of puff. They didn't have the the, um, endurance, whereas the... Panthers went the easy run. They were fresh as daisies. They looked twice as fit in this game. Um, So, unfortunately, yeah, the 13-minute mark was where the intensity really dropped from them. Um, I think, um, you know, we thought that Staines was probably the only weak point in that um, Penrith Panthers lineup. I think he had one of his better games in a Penrith jersey. I think he was a a 7.5. But he was very good. Um, Over the other side, though, I think Simmonson and Blake, this grand final was a little bit beyond them. Um, Poor old Wonga Blake. He, um, confidence-wise, on this big stage, I think went missing. I think he was a bit of a liability out there. He's got, you know, they're in his head. Um, And unfortunately, I think Simmonson, quality-wise, is not quite up to a grand final, um, you know, and, 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 and carrying two blokes in like that, I think were was a you know I mean that's not why they lost the game, um, but I think that it was hard to hide those two blokes out there in this game. Um, let's go and have a look at um, the uh, Clive Churchill. I predicted the score and the Clive Churchill medal. Well done, Ado. Have we got a round of applause for Ado? At the start of the day, I called, um, you know, put up a post saying the 28 to 12 to the Penrith Panthers and that um, Dylan Edwards would get the Clive Churchill, put a bit of money down on that, which is fine and happy times. Um, But I agree that he was the um, Clive Churchill medalist. I think that To'o was great. Well, he was outstanding, actually. Cleary was great. JFH was great. And Yo, as always, was great. But I just think that that, um, you know, the Sattler-like tackle over there from Edwards, on top of all the stuff that he did, made him a very worthy winner of the Clive Churchill. 28 runs, 291 metres, 69 of them were post-contact. He had a line break, three line break assists, a try assist, nine tackle breaks, and two offloads. Um, He 
has had a great, great, great year, Dylan Edwards. Um, he's been under the radar, yes. I think he's been um, underrated. I think that as the year has gone on this year, he's really poked his head through. As a great elite running fullback, he's not a ball-playing fullback, but as a running tackle-breaking fullback, he's um, exceptional um, this year. Uh, a worthy winner in my opinion. But as I said, those names that I mentioned that were in the hunt also had a terrific game for the Penrith Panthers. They were just too good. Um, I want to concentrate on some of the key um, differences between the teams. Um, I want to look at the spine, the 1, 6, 7 and 9. I'm going to look at the props and the 13s. In the modern game, I like to look at the 13s as an extension of um, the spine. Uh, and you can see that the Penrith Panthers are far, far superior. Like I said at the top of the show, only two players in their entire lineup of 17, including bench players, um, below a seven. Um, that is uber consistent. Um, their one was a nine and a half out of 10, in my opinion. He was extremely good. Um, we went through his figures there and a, and a worthy um, Clive Churchill medalist. Um, look, Luai has not had an outstanding final series. I hear a few people chatting um, saying, you know, uh, <laughs> he rides the coattails of great players around him a bit. Well, he hasn't had an, a stellar um, grand final and, you know, really a final series, but he he hasn't been terrible. He's been it was a seven out of ten in this game. Um, just did his bit. He looked elusive at times. Um, just nothing too sort of flashy. Um, Cleary was a nine out of ten. He has had a ripping final series, um, turning into one of the um, real great great players that we've had in our game. Um, you know, and time will tell. On his trajectory now, he's got a couple of premierships in there. If he bosses a couple of Origin series and then takes another premiership next year, what 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 class are we putting him in then? Um, he is well on his way to being a great um, an immortal, maybe even in our game. Um, the nine, I think, was uh, Appy. He didn't have um, an absolute you know monster game, but I think he was a seven and a half. I didn't count Kenny. I just count Appy off the bench. Um, in the eight was Leota. I thought he had a terrific game, um, probably an eight out of ten from him. One of his better games in a Penrith jersey, and I thought the JFH was terrific with a nine out of ten. Yo was a nine out of ten. Um, that's 59 points total from those seven players and an average of 8.42 points a player. That is elite and that is why they are carrying the trophy. Um, only two players below seven. Whereas you look at the Eels, 1, 6, 7, 9, 8, 10 and 13. Gutho, 6.5 out of Gutho. He was one of the better scores in that team. Um, we heard that he was playing with a broken hand as well, um, which is very courageous by Gutho. He looked like he tried hard. Um, but look, I can't get out of my head that Darius Boyd um, type of horrible defensive slip over for the try towards the end of the game. It was a six and a half out of 10 by Gutho. Um, and the six in Dylan Brown, he was a, a bit missing in this game. Look, he ran about 140 meters, I think, but that's where it sort of stops for him. Um, no ball playing. You know, he's got such beautiful ball playing, but we never saw any of that in this game um, from Dylan Brown. It was a 5 out of 10. Um, Mitch Moses, Mitchy, 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 Mitchy. 4 out of 10. Um, he was as meek as a mouse in this game. Um, look, it's, it's hard for halves to get anything done on with no platform. And like I said, from the 13-minute, they were just on the back foot from 13 minutes onwards. Let's move over to the... Uh, 
nine, um, which was Reed Money. He was a six out of ten. Nothing flashy. Um, nothing great from Reed. Off to the Bulldogs now. Um, you know, six and a half, five, four, six. We'll go over to the props who were absolutely wretched. Um, RCG and Paulo, they were both a four out of ten. When you're looking at the other two, an eight and a nine, um, if you've got um, you know two props in opposition that are four out of tens. Um, there's no surprise why the back line had no opportunities. Um, I think that the, they just looked like they were gassed, um, the poor old deals, um, and, and that included their props. And, you know, they, those two blokes weren't even as good as what JFH did by himself, unfortunately. Um, their 13, uh, I'm counting that as Maddo, um, was a six and a half. Um, so we've got a 36 total points for them over the seven plays, and that's a 5.14 average. That's three points a player. <laughs> three points a player average out of those positions lower than the Penrith Panthers. You've got to be, um, you've got to match them, and they were considerably below them. Um, they only had five players in their lineup that were above a five in that game. So. It was one of the all-time stinker performances from a team, um, the Eels. They just got um, absolutely sacked by a team that was just fitter. They were faster. They were more skillful. Um, you know, I think the, the Penrith Panthers could have beaten them with 15, you know, or, 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 or 14 players. That's how much better and fitter they were. Um, look, the refereeing, um, I thought it was overall not a bad game by Klein. I think it's a sad state of affairs when Klein's our best referee in the game. He was already stood down this um, year for one of the howlers that cost a team a game. Um, but it was, the game had a pretty good flow, I think. Um, the ball was in play for a fair you fairly good amount of time. Yes, there was that dodgy try. Um, look, the bunker, I, I really have not been impressed with the bunker this year. I think that they get involved too much, and I think they're misinterpreting the simple stuff in our game. Um, I was in a chat, oh, this guy, he loves a soapbox and thinks he's all that in a slice of toast, going, oh, why are you always bagging the refs? you know, calling people names and stuff because we said that that was an obstruction. Well, all year running, the decoy runner has a responsibility not to run outside shoulder, which he did. And yeah, Mitch Moses, he probably hammed it up a little bit and, you know, he did go for the tackle. People say, did he instigate the contact? Well, the he, kick out shouldn't be there. Kickout shouldn't be there on the outside shoulder. We've seen those called all year, black and white. He's got to be inside shoulder or slip through the line, you know, as a proper decoy. You know, he the, he he was on the outside shoulder. And, the, you know, there was impact between the two players. Mitch was, you know, not able to slide across with his defense. And, and to me, it's cut and dry. Um, it's shit that the bunker in a grand final. You know, there was a forward pass last week in a prelim, which I think is terrible. And also, I mentioned that... Um, Crichton, no try, which is just a blunder that the bunker shouldn't be making. You watch the the bunker calling and going, oh, he didn't get any downward pressure on that. The ball was on the ground. So he, yeah, where, what, what was he going to do, push it through the ground? He didn't need to get any downward pressure because all he had to do was put a finger on it. That's some terrible calls to be getting in a prelim. And this one was a bad call um, in, in the grand final. So old mate, self-righteous bloke in our chat. It, look, if the referees are not having absolute howlers like that, then there's no criticism needed. 
what I am thankful for is that that didn't decide the grand final. If say you know that that was the try that got it to eighteen twelve, we'd be have we'd we'd be up in arms. We'd be hearing from Eels fans everywhere about how terrible that call was. We can't just ignore that it was an absolute howler because it was uh, the the game was never in doubt. It was always going to Penrith. They were way 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 better the team. It was still bad um, called by the bunker. Look, there was one later on where there was a strip and they called it stripped back where it's very obviously stripped forward and the Eels players going off. Uh, the bunker's got to be better than that. I really hope for next year that the bunker is stripped back for the the bunker seems to be controlling our game. They are more influential than the referee. Um, I, I don't mind if the referee calls a few too many six agains or he, you know, a marginal forward pass, he, he gets that wrong or whatever. I'm happy for the occasional wrong call to happen and the ref keep the flow of the game going. The ref is on there making more decisions. The bunker needs to be limited what they can jump in on um, from there and look what the hell on the, in these try court scoring situations, we have got, we've muddied the waters uh, or, Outside shoulder, that's pretty plain and simple. We got a, we were calling those all year round in the NRL. So why in a grand final are we calling it differently? It was it was an obstruction. Um, so to to old mate self righteous, who's um, Klein's brother in my chat, mate, you, you're allowed to call it a howler. You know, it's a howler. Um, thank God it didn't decide a grand final. I'm a Raiders fan, and I got the old six again, which was one of those ones that so it leaves a, a hollow feeling in your mouth. Thankfully, we didn't have that deciding a game, but it wasn't a it wasn't a sterling performance by the referees and bunker in this final series. I'll tell you that much. Um, look, the Penrith Panthers, two in a row, an, an excellent team. Um, they. You know, they're building a legacy in there. You saw that they took out all those lower divisions as well. Um, a real, um, you know, period of, of happiness coming up for them. I, I'm going to predict my ladder for next year and, and I'll shock horror. I'm going to have them finishing first. Look, they're going to lose a couple of players. Um, yes, they're going to lose kick out. I think that on their assembly line, they have some terrific players in the lower grades. Um, not to mention someone like Sorensen, who looks a really better than handy footballer, who could just come in in the second row and they could blood one of these youngsters. Um, Appy, I think, is going to be a big loss. He's so wily. Um, he's such an attacking weapon out of that dummy half position. They look better every time Appy's on the field. Um Look, I think um, Sonny Luke is probably the guy, I reckon, that could um, be a bit of spark for them. He'll probably come off the bench, I reckon, um, and he'll do the Starling-type role um, and, you know, probably offer a little bit of, you know, punch and attack off the bench, a la Appy and what he's been doing off the bench. And I think they'll be okay, but I really think definitely there's got to be a slight regression um, for the you know, in the hooker position for them next year. Because Appy is at the top of his game. He looks sensational. And, you know, uh, one of those uh, components of the Penrith Panthers, not to Penrith Panthers fans, but he's, you know, the Clearies and the Dylan Edwards and the Yo's are getting all the plaudits, but Appy Coruscant is going to be sorely missed. Um, I reckon they'll be okay, just quietly, as long as they got someone by the name of Nathan Cleary in their lineup. 
Um, they're still going to challenge very confidently for the title next year. Um, look, uh, let's go and have a look at my tips for next year. The ladder, look, it is such a long way out, of course. And don't get angry at me, guys. Um, if I have your team doing not so well, I'm not a bloody expert. I'm just giving you my early tips of who I think will land where and why. And um, we'll see how right I am. <laughs> you know, I like to do this in my last podcast. Number one on the ladder for next year, I think he's going to be the Penrith Panthers. Um, look, what reason? Who's going to take top spot off him? You know, they are absolutely um, dynamic. Yeah, the they're going to use they're going to lose Kickow and Appy, but I think they'll still be good enough to finish the regular season in top spot. Number two on the ladder for next year, I've got the Sydney Roosters. Um, look, the Sydney Roosters came home. With a wet sail. Um, it's not like they didn't have injuries this year to deal with as well. They had some Satili Tupanua and they lost uh, old mate the center as well, who's had a wretched run with injuries. Um, they, you know, started, you know, a little wobbly and came home strong. If they'd have finished in the top four this year, I think that they could have given it a shake. Um, and I really think, um, you know, when they're up and about and at their best, they can challenge anybody, even the Penrith Panthers, for talent. You know, you got your Joey Manus, you've got Suwali, who look how quickly he came on this year. Teddy, um, Kiri, you know, and Sam Walker. They've got Angus Cry. They've got some real you know, absolute weapon players. Um, I reckon next year they'll get the cheese over there, a nice um, running, you know, I think Sam Verrills has been good. He was pretty injured this year as well. Had a bit of a wobbly old time out of hooker, but I think that the cheese will be a nice addition to them. Um, and, you know, Lindsay Collins injured and, you know, they had a lot of injuries this year to contend with. So as long as they can stay fit and with the cheese coming over, I think that the Roosters will finish top two next year. Um, number three on the list on the ladder, I think is going to be the Rabbitohs. Why do I think the Rabbitohs are going to finish in the top four next year? Because they played half the year without Latrell Mitchell. If they get a full year with Latrell Mitchell, I reckon that's worth three or four wins, surely. And they, that puts them in the top four. Um, someone like Ilias is going to be um, all the better for his first year of first grade being done and dusted. I think he actually had a pretty good final series, um, Ilias barring the last game. Um, and I think that he came on really nicely as the year went on. He'll be all the better for that. I really hope that this um, falling at the prelim stage um, really gets a fire started in their belly for going better um, the next year. Um, I reckon that a full year of Latrell is enough, you know, in what they've got there to push them up the ladder. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's going to be a big change for next year. Those two teams with a, f a full year of a healthy roster, um, you know, we'll shoot up from that seventh and sixth spots up to the second and third spot on the ladder. Number four on the ladder, I'm going to say is the Cowboys. I like the underbelly strengthening that they've got there. They haven't got a soft underbelly, the Cowboys, and that's Coach Payton that has instilled that in them. They've had some representative players this year. They've had, they've blooded youngsters who have come on really well um, this year. They've had a couple of injuries as well, a couple of ACL season enders and things like that as well. I think they'll be all the better for that next year. I don't see them um, you know, dropping out of that four next year. I think that they 
went out classy this year. They didn't complain or whinge about, um, you know, there was a horrible forward pass in there. I think the second one from Lane was forward as well. Not everything went their way, but they took it on the chin and that's the coach Peyton's kind of mentality is let's not find um, excuses. We got, um, we lost, we, we're proud of our efforts and where we came from, got to this year and let's build on that for next year. So I feel like they um, are only going to be better for it next year. Players like Nanai, Dearden, you know, Tuolagi, you know, all of these guys are going to be better for it next year. Um, you know, they didn't, they weren't without it. Their injury struggles at different times of the year as well. Um, and look, a lot of this has got to be, you know, of course they've got to be fit, but I reckon that they are going to hold. I reckon they're going to hold their position next year and finish in um, the top four. Number five, I think is going to be the Sharks. Um, look, the Sharks finished second this year. I think, um, you know, I, I really think they could go well next year and, and I'm sure the way that they went out, they felt disappointed. It was straight sets. Um, coach is good, Fitzgibbon, I think, and he's doing the sort of similar stuff to what Peyton's doing. He's strengthening them back to a strong um, disposition underneath the surface for the Sharks. Um, look, they weren't without injuries as well. Um, they lost Katoa. They had, you know, uh, injuries to Talakai at several times during the year. Um, you know, they Fanuka was in and out of the team. Um, they weren't without their own problems at times as well. And hopefully if they've got a, you know, a fit team next year, they'll be up there and abouts. Um, I just think that we're going to see players, teams like Rabbitohs and the Roosters they're experts at being top four teams. Um, and I think that next year, all it takes is for the Shark to have a slightly harder draw than they did this year. And top two, I reckon, falls off the cards for them. So I see them finishing fifth. Number six on the ladder, I think, is going to be the Eels. Um, look, they finished top four this year, got all the way to the grand final. I'm predicting just a slight hangover. Um, they're going to lose some players as well. Reed Marnie's going to go over to the Bulldogs. Hodgson's going to come into the team. You know, he's a bit injury prone of the last few years and he's getting a little bit older. He has been known to overplay his hand a little bit in the Raiders team. Is he going to be out? Um, how's he going to fit in there at the uh, Eels? Um, and also a big one is IPAP, um, Niakore moving on. Um, is IPAP going to go? I think he is. Um, I think the Tigers are playing hardball. They're saying if you've signed a contract, son, and if you say you want to stay at the Eels, too bad. You're gonna, you are gonna can come and mow lawns and play clean the sheds, um, but you're coming here for three years. I'm, I'm all for that. I think, um, you know, you've got to honour a contract and, you know, you don't get all nostalgic and sensitive and, and all get all in the emotion of the Eels doing well this year and then change your mind. Maybe the fact that they lost the grand final, he'll, you know, it'll make it a little bit easier for him to go. I don't know, but um, I'm expecting that he's going to have to honour that contract and go over to the Tigers. Um, so you take some of those guys out of that lineup. Um, um, I'm expecting maybe just a little bit of a grand final hangover from the Eels, um, you know, and I think they'll be in the top eight. I think that they, you know, if they have one of those great days in a finals match, they could win through to the second week. You know, like the Raiders got the job done against the Melbourne Storm. They've got a good game in them and they can get through to the second week or the third week. Um, but I don't think they're going to be top four this year. I think that those two teams are going to drop out and it's going to be the Rabbitohs and Roosters that jump in. Um, into the seventh spot, I'm going to say it's the Melbourne Storm. Um, look, the Melbourne Storm finished fifth this year. Look, um, we said 
the Rabbitohs are going to be better because Latrell only played half a season. Well, that's the same case with the Melbourne Storm and Ryan Pappenhausen. He's an absolute elite player. They've played large portions of the year without him. Very injury-plagued year for Pappenhausen. I'm saying that will make a difference, but yeah, I've got them lower on the ladder. The reason I've got them lower is they're losing a heck of a lot of experience. Yeah, they've got someone like Tarek Sims coming across, who's a good player, but I think that he's an elder statesman as well, and they're going to have to blood some young people in the forward pack. So I'm sort of predicting that they might be, I mean, even this year with those guys getting a little older and tired, I think that they got dominated a few times in the forward pack. And I think that, that you know, they're going to have to fill some real experience in there. Um, Kafusi, Bromwich boys, um, I reckon next year they might just be in a rebuilding phase. Um, yeah, they're going to have Pappenhausen, they're going to have Hughes, Munster and Harry Grant, which is probably the most elite spy nearly in the whole comp probably up there with Penrith Panthers, um, you know, Roosters, those type teams. I probably still love that Storm one. So it's an elite spine. But the spine, as we saw here with the Eels in that grand final, if there's no forward pack dominance, you know, there's not much there for the spine. So um, I'm predicting them to have a little bit of a rebuild next year and be um, in seventh spot. Um, Look, in the eighth spot, I've got the Raiders. I'm a Raiders fan. It's no surprise. But look, this, I crossed out teams, you know, a lot between eight and, you know, um, 12 on the ladder. Um, Look, I think the teams in here are going to be like the Raiders, the Broncos, the Sea Eagles, the Dogs, the Titans. Um, I, I really think that anyone could take the seventh and eighth probably next year. I've got the Raiders in there. Um, players like Tomoko and Savage and um, Chris, I think, grew as the year went on. Hopefully Savage gets a good offseason and bulks up, um, works on some of his errors and his um, strength conditioning. Um, I think he has the shoots of being a really, really good fullback. Um, look, we blooded a new nine. We spent most of the year without our seven. So, you know, losing sevens, nines, and ones are spine players. We spent half the year without a regular spine. We got better as the year went on when we got an established spine. I think that um, there's players that are more experienced after this year, and if we've got all of our players on deck, um, I think that next year we could give it a shake enough to at least land in the eight again and do what we did this year. There's a couple of games too where we got absolutely wristled by the refs. And yeah, there's a message to old mate who thinks he's all that and a slice of toast in the chat. <laughs> go and talk to the Tigers players and think whether they reckon the refs had a good go this year. <laughs> absolutely wretched uh, you know, decisions from the bunker there. Poor old Raiders with that hunt nonsense to lose the game. We got one. We got a square up as well, which is another terrible officiating, you know, when the Raiders got one and did it back to the Dragons. Um, you had the Lodge one where the Raiders lost to the Warriors, which was terrible refereeing. Um, but... Look, uh, the Raiders, I'm having them finishing in the eighth position next year. Um, In the ninth, I'm going to say it's the Broncos. That's not going to um, cheer up the old Broncos fans, is it? Um, Look, the, uh, they're sort of an unknown to me. I think they've got a really talented roster. They've got um, Reese Walsh coming over there, which I think will help their attack. Um, what do I think about them? I don't know. I just don't rate um, Kevy Walters. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. Uh, they're a bit of an unknown for me. They fell away so quickly this year. Um, I just think maybe they've got another year of getting better in them. I don't know. Am I right or wrong? I know that you Bronco fans will be 
saying, you know, we're going to grow from last year. We're going to sort of time our year better. That is definitely a possibility. I have them finishing ninth. They could easily be eighth or seventh. You know, the Eels could regress back and have a, a premiership or grand final uh, hangover and fall out of the eight. I don't know. I'm not expecting that. I just have the Broncos finishing ninth um, and being in that dogfight with teams like the Storm, the Raiders, the Eels, you know, around there for spots. Um, but they've certainly got a talented roster. I think that Reese Walsh, you know, will be a good addition to their team. Um, you know, so they've got to be a chance next year to do better than ninth. I've just got them in ninth. Uh, in 10th, I'm going to say it's the Sea Eagles. Um, look, I think the depth at the Sea Eagles is what worries me about them. Um, they're going to be losing a great, um, you know, player for their, an elder statesman in Kieran Ford, Foran, who had a pretty good year last year. You know, he straightens up their attack and brings their back rowers into the game. Is Josh Schuster going to work next year? Is he going to be able to assist Daly Cherry Evans and be um, a good combination there? He was really underwhelming this year. So um, that's one of those unknowns. Is it going to be a good halves pairing? Is it not? Um, And, you know, is Tommy Turbo going to be fit? If Tommy Turbo is fit, the Manly Sea Eagles can do something in this competition. Um, they could easily be in the top five. You know, I don't see them finishing top four, um, but they could be nice and entrenched in the top eight if Tommy Turbo has a year like he did where he stormed the Dally M. Is he going to be fit? He's so injury prone. Um, I really hope he is. Um, they probably worry me for forward depth, um, the um, Seagulls, and, you know, they've got some players that they blooded this year as well in Cooler and, um, you know, who's that other, the winger with the big hair. They've got, you know, they've they've blooded some players this year, I think. Um, but I just think um, next year is going to be a real competitive year, right from, from seven down to, you know, 12. And I have the Seagulls in that dogfight with um, the Raiders, Broncos, you know, um, and I like. Um, in 11th, I'm going to say it's the Dogs. Um, they've got a new coach coming. He's a highly touted coach. So was uh, Barrett, wasn't he? When he? Before he went over and he absolutely flopped over there. I don't think that's going to be the case with Sorrell, though. He comes very um, highly touted as a good coach. Um, they've got some good signings coming as well in Kikau um, and Reed Marnie. I thought Jeremy Marshall King was very good in the nine there. I don't know if it's an upgrade. I think that he's actually regressed Reed Money from where he started in his career. I don't think he's getting better. I think Jeremy Marshall King is getting better as a nine. So I think the Dolphins have bought well getting him over there. Um, so a couple of good signings. They probably had built a you know built this year on the year prior, and I expect that they're probably going to be better next year. Um, but you know, I'm saying. Raiders, Broncos, Eagles, Dogs, all in a dogfight, literally, for that, um, you know, around that eighth spot. I can't see the top five being any different. I reckon the Panthers, the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, the Cows and Sharks are going to be up there next year. And the Eels, the Storm, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Seagulls, you know, could be anything. The Dogs could certainly finish in eighth, I reckon, you know, but I don't see them going any higher in the regular season. You know, they could prove me wrong. Absolutely. Uh, In the 12th spot, I want to say it's the Titans. I reckon Kieran Foran is going to bring someone like David Fafida uh, into the, you know, like he, you know, Kieran Foran makes the players around him better. 
He did that at the Seagulls um, last year, and I think he'll do that at the Titans next year. I, I see the Titans as a team that has a lot of talent on the park. Um, I just think that they lacked a little bit of direction and a bit of maturity, and I think um, I'm predicting um, that Kieran Foran will be a good buy for them. Um, and I think they've got to... You know, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm predicting 12. I'm not predicting top eight, am I? Um, I think that they'll finish in 12th. Um, in the 13th position, I'm going to say it's the Warriors. I think that the Warriors um, have bought a couple of decent players. They've got a new coach coming as well. Um, I really think, um, you know, it's going to be them and the Dragons um, that are probably going to be in one of those two spots. I've got them in 13 and I've got the Dragons in 14th. Um, they've got certainly some talent. Um, the, you know, the Warriors, it's just can they deliver? I think that um, having a full year in the NRL, getting their uh, proper allocation of home games is going to be a huge advantage to them. And they're probably going to win more games than they did this year. Um, in 14th, I've got the Dragons. Um, their money ball, uh, you know, old player type thing didn't work. And, you know, they're pissing off. They've lost, um, you know, their fullback there. What's his name? He's going off to the, you know, the, the to the um, Dolphins. They've lost him because they pissed him off. Um, I don't love what's going on at the Dragons, and I think that Hook could be the first coach sacked um, next year. They know, you know, you know that that's going to piss off Ben Hunt. Um, I just don't love the mojo of the club at the moment. Um, they, they've, you know, they've. I think they're a team that, you know, most years they overachieve on what I think they're going to do for the year, and they could certainly do that next year, I guess. But um, I don't. I'm predicting them to finish in the bottom. Uh, for next year, I've got them finishing there in the 14th position. In the 15th position, I'm saying it's going to be the Dolphins. Um, look, they haven't even got a 30-man roster yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly liking their lineup more than um, I did three, four, five months ago, if you know what I mean. Uh, I think that, um, you know, they've bought a couple of good players um, recently, uh, and I think they... You know, they'll it'll just be a first year, won't it? It'll be a first year, um, and there'll be some teething problems. There'll be some, you know, they'll have to get used to each other. And I just reckon that this next year is going to be a bottom four start. You know, maybe they'll go the year after and year two and finish four spots higher. I'm just tipping next year that they'll be in the bottom um, four and they're going to be my 15th. Um, in the 16th spot, I'm saying it's going to be the Knights. I don't love the Knights um, outfit um, and I don't love the coach. Uh, I, I don't think um, Ponga's headspace is right. Um, we say if Tommy Turbo's fit, he makes a big difference to the Manly Seagulls. And if Ponga is motivated in the right headspace, he space, he makes a big difference to the Knights. But I just have big doubts of whether that's going to be the case. I don't love their halves, um, you know, and I don't love, um, you know, their style of play, unfortunately. So I'm predicting them to come second last. And, you know, the bad news um, <laughs> for you Tigers fans is I've got you guys taking the spoon um, next year. I've got you guys coming last. Um, look, Appy and IPAP, if they go there um, and you've got Sheenzy coaching, maybe I'm being a prick 
You know, am I being a prick? You could easily finish ahead of the Knights, Dolphins, Warriors and Dragons. You know, um, I think that the problem with them is this halves. You know, get rid of Brooks. And I don't think they're going to do that. Um, you know, Dewey in the halves. Um, you know, what are they going to do? Um, how are they going to line up? Is it, Where's Hastings? You know, him at 13, I don't think is the go. Are they going to be too stubborn? Is Sheenzy going to be too stubborn to say Luke Brooks is shit and it's time for him to go? Look, I think that there's two good buys coming, uh, you know, in Appy um, uh, and IPAP, and they could make a difference to them. I just, you know, the Tigers, it's the Tigers, and um, they weren't great this year, were they? Uh, so, I mean, is it going to get better next year? It probably will. You know, I'm, I'm probably very harsh, and I'm sorry to you Tigers fans, picking them for the spoons. I reckon next year... It could be the Knights, you know, the, or the the Tigers that get the spoon. That's my pick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, look, guys, um, the World Cup, the, the squads that I do like from the World Cup are definitely the New Zealand team. Um, I reckon um, they have a sensational lineup. I reckon in the halves, I'm really excited by a Hughes and Dylan Brown um, lineup. Uh, in the halves, I reckon they are probably who I'm going to early tip from this far out to take out the World Cup. Other teams I think that are going to challenge them are obviously Australia. I have seen the squad that's dropped today while I've recorded this um, podcast, and I don't love the team. I don't love um, who Mel's gone with. Hudson Young missed out, and I thought he was probably a very good shout for this year um, World Cup. Uh, I thought that Dylan Edwards, you know, he just took out the Clive Churchill and was one of the form players. I think we've lost a lot of forwards, you know. Um, we've got someone like Lindsay Collins getting a run, who I don't think is um, sensational. Um, look, you know... Um, I don't love Jake Travojevic and stuff going over as well. Um, I think that the Aussies will be there in the semifinals. I think that they'll um, be up there with the New Zealand team as well. They're experts in this sort of big comps as well. Um, so they'll definitely be there in abouts. Um, other teams that I do like um, are the Tongan, Fijian and Samoan teams. I think that the Samoan team is going to be the real surprise packet of this World Cup um, because I think they've got a complete roster, including halves. And that's where I'm worried about the Fijian team and the Tongan team. I think that all of the teams mentioned are going to be there and do well in their pools and probably play it out come the big games of the tournament. Um, but I think that, you know, Tonga really lacks in the halves and that um, really... Um, affects their outside men, if you know what I mean. I think their forward pack is probably the strongest, you know, right up there with the strongest packs. I think their pack's better than Australia, you know, but um, the halves, they just don't seem to be able to pump out two quality halves, unfortunately, and I, I'm, I'm yet to be convinced on their halves. The same with Fiji. Um, I don't know whether... I, I like the Fiji lineup in general, um, but I don't know if I love their halves. And I think that you need to, if you want to go somewhere, that's why I like the New Zealand Warriors. They always have a good back uh, pack and they always have good outside backs, but they've probably haven't had the best time of it. You know, there was the times where Sean Johnson was in his heyday that they were great. Um, I think that they've probably missed that and I think they've got that in Dylan Brown and Hughes. Um, I think if they go Cleary and Munster in the halves, the Aussies, they've got some elite halves as well. I'm 
worried about them in the forwards, but not so worried. Players like Cotter and Tino and stuff, they'll do their job. Angus Crichton are elite. Um, I think that they'll be right up there at the pointy end. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, I think that um, Samoa will be um, really good. You know, you get your PNGs in there, which will try hard and be um, really into it. England will try hard, but they're the ones I'm predicting to um, probably be the underwhelming um, nation in this um, World Cup. I think that they've actually picked a weak team. They've had some injuries and they've had some players that are their better better players um, that are not available for this tournament. And I think that um, you know they're going to struggle in this World Cup. I could be wrong. You're sorry to you, Poms. They're just like, oh, are you for real? Um, yeah, I am for real. I think that play teams like Samoa um, and Fiji and Tonga um, are going to, you know, and you know, New Zealand, Australia are going to be the ones fighting it out at the pointy end of this World Cup. Um, I could be wrong. Um, and look, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, in years like this where us NRL fans get through the year and the grand finals over, it's a bit of a sad feeling because you aren't going to get any football again you know till next year but in a world cup year there's some footy to watch i think this is going to be um a ripping world cup because um a lot of players have pledged their allegiance to their um family heritage nations and um they've really spiced up this world cup they've really um I think it's an honourable thing to do. I'm all for it. Um, these guys that have respected their heritage and gone and put their hand up to support and to play for their nations. And I think that it's made for a much tighter World Cup. I don't think a game against Tonga and um, Australia is going to be any easy thing for Australia. I don't think um, Fiji versus Samoa is going to be an easy game for either of those teams. I really think that there's five or six nations that can do really well in this um, World Cup. Yeah, I think New Zealand's got to be favourites up there with Australia but you know on their day I could put um, I could see Samoa toppling one of these teams they've got an absolute ripping lineup I think they're going to be the surprise packet in the good way um, so I might put a sneaky couple of dollars on them to make the semis um, but I'm going to put my dollars on the New Zealand team to take out this World Cup um, an absolutely ripping grand final um, well deserved winning um, team the Penrith Panthers two in a row um, for them um, commiserations to the Eels I just think they put too much effort into getting there and it was a bit of an underwhelming grand final unfortunately for them we knew if they were going to be a chance they needed to be fit and for I think that they sort of played at 60 50% of probably 50% of of their best um, and I think the Panthers played probably I don't know 85 you know 85% of their best and they play that nearly every week that's their they play 80% of their best every week um, they probably play five to seven percent better and just dominated you know that's the thing they do not slip all bar two of their players above seven you know that's just how good they are as a team thanks for listening guys um, it's been a pleasure to talk finals with you um, I don't know if I'll do anything in the World Cup I don't know it depends I've got no kids <laughs> I do gentlemen's hours. Maybe I'll record some stuff. I'm just going to probably have a bit of an off-season because I do um, do BBL um, content, and that'll be starting up soon. So I'll either have a rest and leave it up to other people if they're going to do podcasts, or maybe I will if I feel like it. But thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again uh, whenever. I thought I was done for requests, but we did just lose the great man. And he had an absolute banger of a song back in the day. Rest in peace, Coolio. I didn't do the cross. Young man. I'll do this live.
As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of You better watch out how you're talking where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lined in chalk I really hate to trip, but I got a lock As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool I'm the kind of G that little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night Saying prayers in the street light Been spending most our lives living in the gangster's paradise Been spending most our lives living in the gangster's paradise Been spending most our lives living in the gangster's paradise been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise Look at the situation that got me facing I can live a normal life I was raised by the street So I gotta be down with the hood team Too much television watching got me chasing dreams I'm an educated fool with money on my mind I got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye I'm a locked out gangster set tripping banger And my homies is down so don't arouse my anger Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away I'm living life, do or die, what can I say? I'm 23 now but will I live to see 24? The way things is going I don't know Why are we so blind to see That the ones we heard are you and me? Been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Still spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. The power and the money, money and the power. Minute after minute, hour after hour. Everybody's running, but half of them and looking what's going on in the kitchen. But I don't know what's cooking. They say you gotta learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't, I guess they won't, I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool. Spending most their life living in the gangster's paradise. I've been spending most their life living in the gangster's paradise. Still spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Still spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Why are we so blind to see that the ones we heard are you and me? Tell me why are we so blind to see? That the ones we heard are you and me. Been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise.